0: This is the Intimacy Podcast, formerly known as Bedroom Confidence for Good Women. You are listening to Bedroom Confidence for Good Women, Episode 4, When Your Husband Struggles with Pornography. Welcome to Bedroom Confidence for Good Women, a podcast for my sisters who are ready to rock some serious confidence in the bedroom. I'm your host, certified coach instructor, Rhonda Farr. Hey there, sister. What is up? Today I want to talk to you about something that might trigger some emotions for a few of you. Some of the things I say might seem a bit confusing to you at first, so I want to invite you to listen to all of this episode all the way to the end with an open mind before you make a decision about how you feel about today's episode, okay? Now this topic is something that comes up repeatedly in the work I do. That's why I wanted to do a podcast episode on it. It comes up repeatedly in the world we live in, period, So I'm talking to you today about how to handle your relationship when your husband struggles with pornography. Perhaps some of you who are listening have children who have struggled with pornography or still do struggle with pornography use. And the same principles can apply. I have a husband and four sons myself. Trust me. This is a topic that I've thought a lot about and I continue to seek learning and guidance about. Just because I've decided to do a podcast episode about it definitely doesn't mean I know everything. So I'm praying and reading and I'm learning just like the rest of us. But I do want to share with you some of the things that I've discovered through my clients, through my professional training, through prayer, and my own research. So first of all, I want to tell you that I know we are here on this earth to experience trials and tests. As a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, When someone asks you what the purpose of this life is, you probably give some version of this answer. We're here to gain a body and to be tried and tested, right? We know we're here to be tried and tested, yet when we face a trial or a test that seems particularly hard or incredibly painful, it's like everything else goes out the window. We don't want to experience the trial um, that seems kind of wrong to us. We don't want to go through this painful thing that we're being forced to go through. Even though on an intellectual level, we know that trials make us stronger and they help us to actually progress and grow into the person that we are meant to be. So before I really dive into the pornography discussion, I want you to consider that pornography is a trial for many women. It's a trial for many men. Working through the repercussions of it is one of those things that we are put here on earth to do. It's one of those things that we can actually learn and grow from if we so choose. So as you listen to this podcast, I ask you to really try to think about pornography in those terms. It's just a trial or a test. And we know these trials and tests are actually good for us overall. Now, for some of you, pornography is going to be one of those trials that's a part of your family or a part of your relationship. And that being said, we definitely still want to work through it and handle it in the best way possible, just like any other test that doesn't feel really great to us, right? So please don't misinterpret my message to mean that you shouldn't care at all if someone is struggling with pornography and you should just ignore it and be perfectly happy about it. That is absolutely not what I believe at all. Pornography is so readily available these days. It really is everywhere. And I'll never forget when I learned about the websites and apps that most kids have on their cell phones. So even if my kid goes to middle school and they're one of the very few kids without a phone in their pocket, there are going to be 10 other kids around him at any time who do have that website or that app in their pocket. And unfortunately, most of these kids are very ready to share the information that they have. So Professor Brian Willoughby, he's a professor and researcher at BYU who has done a lot of research on the effects of pornography. He says that we shouldn't be teaching our kids about pornography by saying, if you see this, do such and such. Rather, he says, when we talk to our kids, we should use the phrase, when you are exposed to pornography, this is how I want you to handle it, or this is what I want you to know. Use the word when, because he says that he believes 100% of our public school kids will, will have been exposed to pornography by the time they graduate high school. Now, I know we all have kind of a different view of what constitutes pornography, um, Some people say, like, Victoria's Secret magazines or billboards, or, you know, some people say, you know, just hardcore um, images of naked people, like um, traditional pornography. Some people say that's all that constitutes something that is immoral to them. But what I want you to know is that whatever your view of what constitutes pornography is, that it's out there. It's a real thing and we have to acknowledge it that it's a part of the world we're living in so if you have a husband or a child who is struggling right now you already know this stuff i'm preaching to the choir right so once they've been exposed and are struggling with it and they're struggling to deal with it what can we do well as i mentioned um, willoughby of byu he's done a lot of research on the the effects of pornography and one of his studies really stood out to me in particular. He and his colleagues did some research on what they call the damaged goods hypothesis. And this study examined how the individual who views their, their pornography use as immoral behavior, they begin to view themselves and, um, in a way that is negative. They begin to view themselves in a way that uh, makes them feel damaged and worthless. So basically, when they studied these people, they found um, the ones who really didn't have a moral qualm with pornography, when it wasn't a big deal to them, um, it really didn't have the same effect on those people as it did the people who viewed pornography and felt sinful about it. Isn't that interesting? The more shame a person feels about an act, such as viewing pornography, the more damage it causes in their lives what? (laughs) Really think about that. The shame an individual feels about viewing pornography causes more damage than the pornography itself. How can this be true? Maybe you don't believe it's true, but let's think about it. And just to be clear, I am not saying that pornography by itself isn't harmful. I definitely think that pornography is designed to be addictive and enticing and that I know that it gives a false representation of a very sacred part of marriage. I just want to be clear on that before I move on. But think about it. Shame causes us to hide and isolate from the people who love us most and want to help us. Shame tells us that we are defective or broken and it actually exacerbates addictive behavior. Shame is a tool that Satan uses to tell us that we're not good enough. Satan wants us to think that we are inherently bad, right? Heavenly Father wants us to know that we are inherently good. Yes, we do make mistakes, all of us. But here's the thing. If our son or our husband looks at pornography, he is not the enemy. That's what Satan wants us to believe, though. When we, we actually do have an enemy, and he's out to bring us down, but the enemy is Satan, Satan and he will use all the tools to wreck our homes and families especially he uses shame to tear us apart and i want to add i believe guilt is very different than shame i don't believe shame and guilt can be used interchangeably guilt is when we recognize that we're doing something that is out of alignment with our core values and we actually have a desire to change and be better put things back in alignment we can feel guilt and still know that we're of 100% worth. Brene Brown describes shame as the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. She says shame is much more likely to be the source of destructive, hurtful behavior than a solution or cure for the problem at hand. So really think about that. Guilt helps bring us back into alignment with what we know to be right and what we really want in our lives. Shame makes us believe that we're unworthy of love and belonging. It's much more likely to be the source of destructive behavior than a solution for the behavior. So what are we supposed to do? (laughs) We recognize, first of all, that pornography is a very common trial in this day and time. That very realistically probably will affect your family. Statistics say that if you're married or you have children, pornography will affect you in some way. You have to decide with intention that the person who views pornography is not the enemy. He has an enemy, who is Satan, who is trying to bring him down, trying to engulf him in shame and destructive behavior. You have to realize that shaming the person will only exacerbate the problem. And this next one is hard. Many women take their husband's pornography issues as a personal rejection. They make their husband's pornography use mean that they aren't enough for him. And I wanna tell you right now that your husband's pornography use has nothing to do with you. It's only about him. Now, as his wife, of course it's going to affect you by way of your marriage and because you share a family together. It is going to still be a part of your life, but it just isn't about you. It's okay to be sad about it. It's okay to mourn for the relationship that you thought you would have, but isn't your current reality. It's totally normal to not like the problem that he is struggling with. But, ladies, my sisters, you cannot make your husband's habit mean that you aren't desirable. You can't make it mean that you aren't sexy enough for him or you aren't good enough for him. I work with women all the time who struggle with this and it's really, really common to feel this way. And I actually totally understand why you would feel this way. But it isn't useful in healing your relationship. And ultimately, it isn't true. In the end, you have to know and believe that you really can dislike your husband's problem Without shaming him, without condoning the, be, condoning the behavior, and without making it mean that you aren't enough for the relationship. So let me give you an example um, that's a little less heated to show you what I mean. One of my clients, she found a note in her teenager's room one day when she was um, cleaning up that said, Send nudes. It was written in a notebook. And if you don't know what nudes are or sending nudes are, it's something these high schoolers do where they um, take naked pictures of themselves and send and receive these pictures. Sometimes they even make a game out of it to see who can get the most nudes. And clearly it's destructive behavior. It's disrespectful on all levels to all those who participate. Um, so the mom is you know, going through this. And of course she has lots of thoughts and questions about it. And her initial thought is to just freak out and say that her child is doing all these bad things and is doomed. But because this mom was aware, was aware of the emotions that were going on and the natural responses in her brain and how these emotions and thoughts might play out if she acted on them, she was able to calm herself. So instead of going to her son right away and accusing him or trying to blame him or shame him, she was able to hold off and wait until she could process the information herself. Okay, So she's able to take a step back and realize that, of course, her initial reaction is to freak out because this is a serious thing and her brain wants to give her all these terrible thoughts and ideas about her son, about the school he's at, about his friends, about the world we're living in. But she holds off. And instead, she goes in later from a place of calmness, a place of love and concern. And she's able to talk to him. She's able to collect information from him. She was able to explain how she feels about the whole sending nudes game that the kids are engaging in. She was able to reiterate her moral stance and how she felt about it and how um, she had tried to teach him. And so, this is what I want you to know. It doesn't mean she wasn't really disappointed in what she found. It doesn't mean that she wasn't going to hold him accountable for his actions and any of his involvement in what may have played out after the fact. It, it w- didn't mean that she was making herself a bad mother because her son had written this down and anything that went on um, because of it. She didn't think that about herself. She knew... That if she freaked out and let all those things take over, that she wouldn't be able to handle the situation from a place of love and a place that was best for the relationship. She just knew it wouldn't turn out well if she was angry and fearful and trying to evoke shame. So I hope that makes sense. When we don't freak out and we don't take it personally and we don't shame, it doesn't mean we don't care. It just means... We know that if we get really heated about it, it isn't going to serve us or the relationship well. Okay? Now, some women hate it when I teach them this. They somehow think it means I'm saying it's their responsibility to make sure their husband doesn't get his feelings hurt or turn to even more porn or feel shame. That isn't what I'm suggesting, ladies. Your husband is always responsible for himself. Now, that being said... Which feels better as a wife and which is more connecting for the relationship? Fear and freak out or self-control? And by the way, you could practice self-control and support and still decide that you don't want to even be in a relationship with your husband anymore. You can't really do that with your kids. You're their mom for life. But in a marriage, you could say, I'm going to be calm and cool. I'm going to love you and I'm not going to shame you and I don't want to be a part of this marriage anymore totally possible. Reacting calmly does not mean acceptance. I just want to be really clear on that. When you let your husband know he can talk to you and you will be a safe place to talk, it changes things. It lets you in. It allows you to make informed decisions and brainstorm solutions together. Now perhaps your husband pushes you away and he doesn't want your help. That's totally possible too. Maybe he will never want to talk to you about it. But again, Even in this situation, fear and freak out will not make the situation better. If you're able to keep a level head and make your decisions about how you want to navigate your future with a sound mind, you will make better decisions. You'll be open to the promptings of the Spirit. And I know this one isn't easy, ladies, but be prayerful about it. Your Heavenly Father will help you. Pray for strength to do your very best as you navigate this trial from your vantage point, from your side of the relationship. Okay, let me know what you think. I know this one's a little controversial. Some people don't agree with me. That's okay. We're sisters, I still love you even if you don't agree with me. If you have questions, ask me questions. Coach with Rhonda at rhondafarr.com. All right, my sister, think about it. Even with tough topics like pornography, you can maintain your confidence. All right, we'll talk next week, see you later.